0: Warning. This is not the full film, The Time of Eve. Rather, this is a review of the English dub. The Time of Eve is currently available for streaming in Japanese on Crunchyroll, and the English dub is only available through the Blu-ray release. Please support the official release if you can. Sincerely, The Dub Talk Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Dub Talk Cafe. Before you grab a cup of coffee from us, please let me explain the rules of the cafe. The conversations at this cafe may contain language and content not suitable for younger patrons. Customer discretion is advised. These discussions will also contain spoilers for the movie The Time of Eve, and may also include spoilers for other anime. So you may want to find another table if the customers are getting loud. Finally, the views and opinions expressed here are those of the individual patrons, and do not reflect the cafe as a whole. So, are you ready for the time of Eve? Uh, hello, and welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where a group of friends come together to talk about English subs for anime. And uh, it's that time of the year again. It's time for more summer at the movies, uh, where we go, uh, where uh, we sit down, grab some popcorn, and talk about some for anime movies. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and also, in this particular case, maybe a nice cup of coffee.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, coffee's always good. Mm. Well, actually, well, actually uh, I'm not really a coffee guy, I'm more of a tea person, but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Teach their own. You know, although, probably it's, this summer heat, <laughs> it's better to be t- drinking iced tea and iced coffee, so.
0: Ah, uh, this is true. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I'm Jet, and I'm joined here tonight by Spaceman Hardy. Hello?
1: Been a while since I've been on one of these.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've been on one with you. I mm-hmm. don't remember what the last one was.
1: So it, it, yeah. It has been a
0: while. Ah, uh, uh, well, it's good with you, man.
1: Yep. Always. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So, uh, anyway, we are here tonight to talk about the movie Time of Eve, which uh, came out around like 2009 it originally
1: start it originally started as a uh, as a web a which would release a new episode every few months um they they were 15 minutes long and they originally aired on Crunchyroll but then in 2010 it was the episodes were condensed into a theatrical film version with some, a little bit of added extra content and, um, and this version was the one originally brought to the states via a kickstarter and this the dub we're talking about is interesting because this dub was technically a stretch goal it was not in. yeah it was not intended to actually ever be made the original intention for the blu-ray release was just to put out the blu-ray and maybe a fan book but as they keep Getting higher, higher stretch goals. They got the dub. They got a fan book. They got the soundtrack CD. They got two additional OVAs unrelated to the movie added to the Blu-ray. It's just this massive, massive thing.
0: Um, like, oh yeah, I do vaguely remember the Kickstarter. I also, did, I also did remember the OVA, but I wasn't. I couldn't remember which one came first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess it was the ONA before the Blu-ray.
1: And you can tell while watching the movie just how they're split up you can tell like okay this episode just ended this episode just started it's just it's how the movie just plays itself out you can tell where they merged everything
0: so, uh, yeah it is a little episodic important but i think it, i think they did it pretty well for the most part mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i haven't seen this movie in like Better, in like the better part of a decade probably more
1: probably eight <laughs> years it came out it originally um I think backers got their DVDs or their Blu-rays rather around late uh, 2014 so about eight years
0: uh yeah it has been a while uh, but yeah uh, this is but uh, yeah this should be a pretty uh, fun one to talk about and it was pretty fun to revisit mm-hmm. uh So, uh, for those who have not seen this movie, uh, here's a synopsis for May and Uh, sometime in the future, in sometime in future Japan, androids have been involved in every aspect of people's lives. One day, upon checking his androids' behavior log, Riku, a student, noticed his androids returning to been odd recently. With his friend Misaki, they found out the place where his android Sammy has been visiting. A small cafe called Eve Nojitan, or the Time of Eve, uh, for the purposes of this dub, mm-hmm. uh, where androids and humans are not seen as different. Upon talking with the people in the cafe and discovering more of Sammy's behavior, Rikyo chases his views about androids and treats them as friends rather than pe- tools. At the same time, elsewhere in Japan, the Ethics Committee is trying to impose policies to reduce the involvement of use of androids in society,
1: which we never actually get to see. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, so, uh, yeah, 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 uh, this might tail end of that uh, summary implied that, you know, big things go down. For the most part, this is just a very white, chill movie. Yeah. Which I kind of forgot about.
1: hmm Yeah, well, it's uh, like... The, uh, go ahead.
0: It's like there is some conflict, but it's like pretty minimal.
1: It, the whole film sort of acts like one big prelude to something big about to happen, but then it just ends. Yep. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing because we get to interact with the characters. It's 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 not a big action sci fi film. This is just something to relax to.
0: Yeah, it's got yeah, it's got a very chill vibe, which I got uh, which I remember digging, but like it had been a while so I'd sort of forgotten exactly <laughs> and what went down this movie, so I was a little taken aback by like, Oh yeah, this is just like really comfy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, it also has a, uh, um, it also has, like, a pretty uh, nice, like, uh, so, uh, very small cast, but, like, um, they all leave a pretty decent impression, I'd say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, with that in mind, I guess we can uh, go, I guess we can talk about that. Because, uh, since uh, this movie does have a pretty small cast, it is mostly, like, the patrons at the cafe, I'm going to take a cue from uh, Tokyo Revengers and, pro- t- and kind of just blow through the whole cast in one go. All
1: right. Who do we have as our ADR director and scriptwriters?
0: writers? Uh, for our ADR director, we have a uh, good old Michael T. Nicholas, who has done such stuff as Cyborg, as Zero Zero Re-Cyborg, uh, the Berserk Golden Age trilogy, and Mobile Suit God of the Origin. And on uh, the ADR script, we have a person by the name of Adam Moriato, who's on script for as Psychic Wars*, *Gundam and Seed*, and *Napping Princess*. So, uh, if you, in case you're gonna tell by that, this is at YAV post-up.
1: Isn't it always?
0: Eh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, they do good work.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think the reason they were chosen, uh, because. On who ran Pied Piper was good friends with Michael Center Nicholas, so they sort of worked things out because again, there was originally no intent to make an English dub, but then the campaign did so well that they were finally able to put one together so kind of a happy uh, yeah, happy
0: situation yeah, that doesn't sound terribly surprising Michael Center Nicholas seems like a very well connected person mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, going into the cast, I guess I'll like go de- go down in reverse order. At uh, first, we have T H uh, X, which is uh, the uh, uh, which is the android belonging to Masaki. Uh, uh, it was his it was his companion when he was a child, but uh, after uh, uh, but after a while, it stopped talking to him. Uh, originally, he did not know why, but uh, he found out. When it's older, that it was because his dad, who is part of the ethics committee, uh, told uh, THX to never speak to him again because it saw that they were getting too close to each other. And, yeah, and ultimately because the dad kind of sucks. So, yeah.
1: He, yeah. He, he's kind of the worst.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, He's a robot racist. Yet. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then we have, uh, Kataron, who is uh, who is this kind of, uh, who is an android who, uh, unlike a lot of the other androids in this show, just looks very, very much like a robot, uh, tries to pass himself off as human and uh, hilarity ensues.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, tears will be shed.
0: Ah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, we, then we have Sataron, who is kind of like a very mysterious patron, uh, who is, uh, who seems to be observing the chapter reasons we never quite learned in full. Mm-hmm.
1: He's a bit of a double agent. Yep. In fact, the, in fact, there's there's speculation that we don't even know if he's himself an android or not because we never see him outside. The only ever times we ever see him are in the cafe and with his boss, which we don't know if. Um, if his if halos are disconnected, would in that room either? So,
0: it's an air know, of mystery he, about him. Ah, uh, yeah, this is true. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have Shiba and Gai, who are like an old man and a child, like who are always together at the shop. And uh, we find out later that Shiba is is specifically Gie's, uh robot caretaker and serves as her adopted parent.
1: Yeah. He's a Grandpa Bot.
0: Ah uh, yeah very nice Grandpa bot mm-hmm. And then we have Cozy and Rita who are a, uh, who are a pair of who are a pair of lovers who uh, who uh, we later find out that they are both that they are both robots but neither of them actually knows that the other is a robot mm-hmm. And uh, they both have very interesting uh, professional lives. Uh, Rita turns out to actually be a robot bodyguard. And, uh, Koji is a, uh... Yeah. A male sex bot. Shh!
1: <laughs> Man, I wish I was one of those. <laughs> I gotta change uh, my, my occupation.
0: <laughs> uh, and, uh... Next we have uh, Akiko, who is like a fe- who is like a very friendly girl from the shop. Uh, she seems uh, she seems very peppy and like outwardly outwardly human, but uh, she also turns out to be uh, but she also turns out to be an android, and she's kind of uh, big in- influence on Rico realizing that like robots may be more expensive than he kind of took for granted at first. Mm-hmm. And then next we have Naki, who is. Who kind of runs the cafe? Uh, very, very nice, very sassy, uh, fun character. Mm-hmm.
1: But she has like the biggest backstory in the entire, entire movie, and you don't even find out until the end credits.
0: Oh, oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I forgot those end credits were there. I was just kind of like, uh, so I was literally about to close the movie, and I was like, you know, I wonder if there are, I wonder if there are end credits for some reason, and that turned out to be a very smart decision.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you go deep diving, there's tons of lore outside of the movie that you, wouldn't, you would never expect.
0: Ah, uh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, getting into our leads, uh, first we have uh, Masakatsu Misaki. Uh, he's uh, Rikuro's best friend. And uh, uh, he's, he's kind of a very down-to-earth game, but compared to Rikuro, he's a little more... Cynical towards, he's a little more cynical towards robots. And uh, kind of, and I'm kind of worried about Rikuo, like, not knowing how to keep his distance. Uh, but that's kind of because uh, Masaki has his own issue with robots, uh, as uh, we kind of messed with uh, the HX. Mm. And uh, he's, uh, so he kind of has trouble trying to get the robots himself because of that. And then lastly, we have, so, oh. Uh, actually, you know, actually, I kind of messed up. I uh, <laughs> accidentally skipped over Sammy, who is, uh, uh, who is uh, who is Rico's robot, and the reason that Rico actually discovers the shop in the first place is because he decides to go looking for her. Uh, she's uh, she's very uh, uh, she's very quiet and shy, and is kind of not to is kind of. Uncertain what to do about her relationship with Riku and like kind of having his approval on things.
1: Mm-hmm. Shares also a whole lot of uh of backstory regarding her that is isn't present in the movie. Like you have to go deep diving for it.
0: It's, uh, it's really so,
1: intriguing, actually.
0: Uh it's about that, it's not surprising.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then lastly, we have uh Riko Takisaka. Uh, a quiet high school student who as we mentioned uh, one day decides to uh, look into what his robot sammy is doing and ends up discovering the cafe and kind of begins to take an interest in it and like all of the patrons there
1: he also has a deep dark backstory as well
0: uh yeah he used to uh he used to be a a uh, he used to be a piano player, but uh, one day he lost to a robot to the competition, and he's kind of, like, been a little bitter about that ever since. He,
1: he, he didn't even lose to the—he co- won the competition, but the robot just played better than him. It was just—it was just—it wasn't—the robot wasn't even in the competition. It was more like, of like, oh, by the way, let's see—let's let's show you what this robot is capable of. And he sort of, like, lost the drive. Like, what is—what is it— what is What is it uh, what does it all mean? What all the effort that I put in, is it all for nothing? And so Yeah. Yeah. Deep Uh, War. Uh uh, well
0: it's a deep lore. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, getting into who plays these characters, uh for the excess we have Casey Boggelo who has played such characters as Chris and Cinderace and Pokemon Journeys. Shiro Suzuki in Mobsacka 100, Cody in Phantom 5, Prince X, and Shinji Kari in the VSI-Dub of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, playing Catron, we have Sean Chimble, who plays his characters as Uyo and Aminabaru in the 2001 version of Shaman King, Dr. Crowler in UBODX, Lucario in Pokemon, Lucario in the Mystery Mew, and of course on Goku in the Dragon Ball franchise. Uh, playing Xambi, we have Uh, Elizabeth Boyle, who you would know by other names, and is a person who has uh, done a lot of anime work. Uh, But as far as uh, this name goes, uh, this is the only work she has done under this particular name. And we're going to respect the alias, so uh, yeah. Uh, For all intents and purposes, this is the only credit with this name. Uh, Continuing, uh, playing Chie, we have uh, Alice A. Johnson, who... Uh, there are no other particular credits attached to the that I can find, but like this is clearly a child actor, so. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, this is literally their only role.
0: Yeah, um, continuing playing Shimei, we have George C. Cole, who's played such characters as Wabu in Joe's Bizarre Adventure Season One, Captain Blue and Beautiful Joe, Cap Bell in Last Exile, and Razor in Hunter x Hunter Twenty Eleven. Uh, playing Rita, we have Lisa Ortiz, who's playing such characters as Leon in Battle Game in 5 Seconds, Daphne and Arte, Tao in both versions of Shaman King, and Lina in in the Slayers franchise. Of course. Uh, playing Koju, we have Derek, Star- Derek <laughs> Stephan Prince, who's playing such characters as Katie joji and Digimon Adventure Zero 2, Intmod and Digimon Tamers, Grumblemon and Digimon Frontier, and Indiana Jones Jojo's Adventures Adventure Stars
1: did you skip over Setoro?
0: Did I? Uh yeah, uh. yeah, I'm sorry. Like, the text on my phone is pretty small.
1: Okay.
0: Ah, uh, Yeah, playing Setoro is Patrick Seitz, who is playing such characters as It Is I, Dio Brando, <laughs> in Adventure. You were
1: expecting another uh, actor, but it was I, Patrick! <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh. Ishin, Kurosaki, and Bleach. Wolfgang Grimmer and Monster, and JP in Redline. Uh, playing Akiko, we have Cassandra Lee Morris, who displays those characters as Morgana in Persona 5, Saber in Fate Extra Last Encore, Hubei and Polamaki, Minoka Magica, and Totoko and Mishiro Samatsu. Playing Nagi, we have Stephanie Puche, who displays those characters as Orihime Inoue in Bleach, Yusage Tsukino, aka Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon, Harime and Kiliku and Cream and Tagrin Buddy. Uh playing Masaki, we have Michael J. Nicholas, who playing such characters as Kai Sishi with Gao Gai Gar, King of Braves, Ji and Mistro Sabatsu, or Horo with both versions of Shadow King, and Zealous and Slayer's Evolution and Devolution R. And then lastly for Riku, we have Yuri Lowenthal, who Okay, look, even if you don't watch any anime at all, I'm pretty sure you have a decent idea of who Yuri Lowenthal is. he's spider-man uh, but <laughs> yes he yes he is the best spider-man but he is also see the digger in shinra kisitani in daramara shoten and galax dino and uh, sorry and deadbeat dad aka sasuke uchi dad mm-hmm. sorry hmm? <laughs> uh is that a grog
1: no 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 no, no. I was just i was quoting sasuke yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry for committing so many war crimes my bad we good
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah
1: i don't even read yeah. naruto and i know that's a meme
0: Ah, uh, he got off so lightly for so many things <laughs> okay <laughs> all right uh I guess going down, because I think we could probably start with Phx uh, and counter
1: Yeah. You mean Tex?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, Tex.
1: Yeah. I was actually surprised that Casey Mongillo was in here, because the I did not know they had started their acting career as early as 2014, um, because they've only sort of just recently uh, been in a whole lot of projects, but... This was a yeah, very I... fitting for text. Uh, I know Casey has a voice that lends itself to um, these sort of—I don't want to say androgynous, but sort of you know gender neutral. I would have to say, and it—it's
0: uh,
1: yeah. yeah, very fitting of a uh, of this sort of service bot that. Um, that doesn't really, it doesn't really belong to anything, so it's just,
0: uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I like, the, I like the performance a lot, even though Casey doesn't get, like, a whole lot of speaking lines because, uh, Pax was, you know, as we mentioned before, was kind of forced not to talk by, uh, asshole dad. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Casey does a really good, t- uh, but Casey does a really good job of kind of getting that's the boat, of across and like the very few scenes where they do get to speak mm-hmm. and uh, you get the sense that they really do like care a lot about masaki and like other and uh, wants to help him with like everything he's going through but mm-hmm. it's like yeah, but you know also has to not uh take off his dad in any real way and trying yeah. to, try to manage that
1: yeah yeah we forget um to mention that this uh, this universe is sort of set up like iRobot, and so they have the three laws of um, that robots must follow, and so the only way they're able to get text to speak uh, is by full, pull, by um, creating a loophole in which they they uh, make themselves believe that Masaki is in danger, and um, I think that was one of the more emotional scenes in the film because. It really brings home, you know, what is the difference between uh, a human and a robot? Because a a human can just, they don't have to break the rule. They can break the rules all they want. They can speak whenever they want. Uh, Robots can't do that. And so they have to find some sort of way to get around that in order to, in order to bypass it. So, but yeah, I I really enjoyed Casey's uh, performance in this. And you're, I'm going to be saying that a lot, because I think I've enjoyed pretty much everyone's performance in this, so.
0: Oh uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the whole, I think this service actually, this service is incredibly well. hmm uh, Not surprised it's just in the NBA poster,
1: but
0: uh, yeah.
1: I mm-hmm. speaking, and, uh, moving on to Cotteron, if we're okay, I think his was my favorite performance in the show.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. I gotta be, yeah, I gotta be real. Until I like glanced at the credits, I had no idea that was John Chibble. Like, like I could hear it once I saw the name attached to it, but like, if you had told me it was someone else, I would have believed you.
1: People forget how massive of a range he really has because everyone's so used to hearing him as Goku. And, um... Yeah. but I mean, if you go back into his um, his back catalog. He has done voices you would never believe are are his. Uh,
0: Yeah, I bet that a lot of those four kids' roles were reason. Those are kind of where he got to flex his range a lot.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. the... the, I believe the part with Katuron was probably my... uh, Probably the most emotional moment in the entire film for me. Because Uh this is a robot who had just been illegally dumped by his family and had his memory wiped and no and uh, he, all he wanted was for someone to remember his name which he doesn't even couldn't even remember so
0: yeah so, um, yeah that whole uh, yeah that whole sequence was really sad and uh, I thought that John did a good job of getting the tragedy of that across while you know still maintaining the like super robotic voice. And that's not an imp- that's not a particularly busy thing to pull off, but I thought he did that well. Mm-hmm. And uh, even th- and uh, even leading up to that, I thought he also did pretty well with like a lot of the comedic beats. Like he got uh, like he got the timing down pretty pretty well for a lot of jokes. He got too well. Yeah, you know, obviously a robot and yeah. trying to drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think the writing during that segment was done exquisitely well as well because. Um... It had a lot of wordplay because he was reco- he'd be recording. He's like, this is the, you know, this is the character who is, this is the person who is eight years old and taller than I am. Does not compute.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. He's like,
1: she's going, I'm a cat. He's like, she is a cat.
0: Does not compute. <laughs> Ah uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That was great. That was a real riot there. Mm-hmm. And I and like, and like even putting aside the parts, I think in general this movie has like a better sense of humor than I would have expected from something like this. But like,
1: yeah. But yeah, it really does have to do
0: parts well. Mm-hmm. Uh But yeah, John was a lot of fun with was a lot of fun with his performance, and it's always nice to see him flex his braids a little more than usual. Mm-hmm. And I guess I can move on to uh, Patrick Seitz as uh,
1: It's a uh, It's a Patrick Seitz role.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he mm-hmm. has to be vague and mysterious. Uh, Patrick Seitz is always good and that sort of thing, and he does it very well.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're so used to hearing him as these loud, bombastic characters Uh, who are either muscled-up Roids or or Dio. Um, But uh, it's nice to hear him play just a dude. Yeah. A chill, kind of mysterious dude. That's basically all that it is. I
0: was like, oh yeah, I do do like that he does get, like, you know, some occasional good uh, banter when we... And yeah, yeah. Rico and Masaki kind of, you know, I maybe getting them to like kind of tell their perspective a little bit. I think that Patrick uh, yeah. does a pretty good job with that.
1: I really uh, like but... the I, I really like the line that he says. I don't know if this is ad libbed or not, but he notices Masaki giving him the eye, and he goes, like, like, st- <laughs> he calls him Blade Runner.
0: Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I noticed that line. I was like, okay, yeah, that was that totally had to be. That's like the line they threw but that was great.
1: Yeah. It's like, what you staring at, Blade Runner?
0: <laughs> that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I thought that Patrick Swayze did a solid job here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, moving up the list, uh, uh, Elizabeth Boyle as Sammy. Uh, I uh, I like the I like this performance a lot. It was uh, definitely uh, interesting to hear this actor do a like quieter performance than usual.
1: mm-hmm well, what's interesting with Sammy is that she has this sort of dual personality when she's uh, working with um, with Rikuo, and she's very robotic, naturally. She's a robot. Um, so very quiet and to the point and carries out her orders to the best efficiency. Um, but then when she's at the cafe or when she's not around week Row, she's able to let her inner human sort of flow through her sort of she's able to relax and be more of a girl and which shows her putting up her hair and shows her just uh checking your you know combing your hair in the mirror and everything like that and uh it's nice to see the duality in the performance here because you could definitely tell her voice lightens up when she's when she's able to be happy
0: uh, yeah, I thought that Elizabeth did a really good job with the contrast there, uh, like, really good robotic voice during the scenes where, you know, she's just, around, uh, Rico, uh, or she's just around Rico's house, kind of, like, having to put up the act, and then, like, contrasting that to the cafe where, you know, she's a lot more, like, <laughs> she's a lot more expressive, like, kind of shy and awkward, and not really... Uh, not always really knowing how to act around other people, and especially, like, how to do with Riku and all, like, the issues he has. And I thought that Elizabeth did a really good job of, like, getting that contrast across pretty well and making Sammy a very
1: likable character.
0: that it was a very nice performance. Yeah, I uh, uh, was kind of expecting Sammy to maybe have, like, a little more to do, given she's kind of, like, the tricker for this whole plot, but I guess... uh
1: you know she, maybe, hers is the face on the box if you have the collector's edition so yeah
0: uh, I guess maybe if we had got more of this he would have had more of but alas that's what we got mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's her it's all in her backstory that you have to find off the out of the outside the context of the movie that's like how she has all how she has all those weird flashbacks that technically she's not supposed to have ah. yeah
0: uh sounds like a uh, sounds like a fun bit of misery that would have been nice to add a movie, but you know, uh, mm-hmm. runtime I guess. hmm uh, uh moving up the list, uh Shimei and G A. to honestly, uh, right off the bat I thought okay, I mean I mean obviously, you know, we're doing with an actual child here, so of course uh, they would do a pretty good job acting like a kid, but I really liked Alice just like running around making cat noises, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> very very simple performance not not asking too much just cat noises and um, and just ramblings of a four-year-old so
0: uh, yeah, uh, yeah I thought he made that sound, uh, very believable and it really it really added a nice bit of flavor to the dub that I think you might not have necessarily gotten if you know he just cast a regular factor there and yeah. uh, so it's one of those cases where I think adding a where I think going for a child actor worked out for the best.
1: Yeah, I know that NYAC likes to use child actors whenever they possibly can. They have a long-storied history of it. Um,
0: yep. Oh, hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't always work out necessarily, but it's nice when two is willing to take a risk on that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, George ishime, and... It's, a, it's kind of a fairly typical bold man performance for him, but I liked it a lot.
1: It's Grandpa Bot, man. You gotta yes, love. Uh, Gr- yeah, he's,
0: yeah he. Yeah, he sounds like a very kindly Grandpa.
1: Yeah, you gotta love Grandpa Bot, man. No, I like. Uh, uh, we're all supposed to remember that the rules of the cafe is that you're not supposed to. Um, Differentiate humans between androids, and yet in all the episodes, everyone keeps going around breaking the rules behind Nagi's back. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
1: so Shimei's like, literally... you know, don't, don't, uh, don't let her see us talking. You, you know, I can't let her because because Shimei's in a position to where every few weeks he has to go and get maintenance done, and he can't let Chie know that he's a robot. So, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, so he has to leave her there on her own at the shop while he goes to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Which brings me to the question: If he's her caretaker, uh, she would notice that he has a halo on the outside the cafe.
0: Uh, I suppose. Uh, I suppose, but I mean, also small childs so or maybe like she mm-hmm. doesn't think much of it yet.
1: Or, or maybe because he's a grandpa, but meant specifically, he might not have a halo so it's because they did mention in the movie that they were sort of an
0: experiment uh yeah uh, yeah that is possible mm-hmm. uh, but either way I thought that George did a good job here uh, sounded very kindly in all the scenes he was in mm-hmm. uh, i had some good banter with like some of the other patrons mm-hmm. and uh, so anyhow yeah, you can tell through the delivery that he was like clearly very concerned with TA and like Trying to do the best for her. I kind of wish we maybe like got a little more of like the history between those two, but like yeah. for, for what we got, it out they made a nice deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, you could say that um, that about the history behind these characters for pretty much all of them because it is just six 15 minute shorts. So we we really don't even learn much of a history behind. Except for our main main two leads, so like again, like I said uh, again, everything is covered outside of the film in the in the in the uh, extended lore. So you have to go hunting for it.
0: Uh, yeah, this film is kind of like laser focus on our leads. Mm-hmm. So uh, next we've got. Uh... Koji and Rita, which a uh, very interesting pair. I really did I, I I really did appreciate how they handled that particular twist. Yeah. Because Yeah, because uh, yeah, because leading up to it, you're thinking like, okay, Koji's really human and Rita is just like a sex mod.
1: Yeah. Which that is a very not... different different role that you hear from Lisa Ortiz. I don't think I've ever heard her being this low. Because she's usually Usually, you you get the uh, what is it, the Lita Inverse voice, and it's all high oh, yeah. and high pitched, and and this was completely different from what Lisa is usually play known for playing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard her do the low voice a couple of times before, but maybe not this low, and usually not with like an older woman, so that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So, eh, but yeah, eh, but yeah, I thought that she did a pretty good job playing that up. And also, and also, just like as I, and also just like as a ran aside, like I know that boom jokes in anime can be a very uh, hint or miss thing, usually more miss than hit because it's usually done very terribly. But in the case of this particular movie, I do think the way they did that was actually pretty funny.
1: Yeah, the the way that Masaki keeps giving Riku heart. Oh, he's like, "If you do it again, I will slap you." <laughs> and then he does it again, and he slaps him.
0: Yeah, uh Yeah. I also appreciate like the very dramatic music as he's like drugged up the stairs.
1: Yeah. But uh, of all the roles that I could think of for Derek Steven Prince to play, uh, the male sex bot is not the first that comes to mind.
0: Uh, yeah. It is a very, di- it is a very different Derek Steven Prince performance. Like it's not the. First time I've seen him do something on the quieter end, but it is even more quieter than that.
1: I would say. Oh yeah, both of these actors are playing much more quieter than their typecasts usually put them in. So it's refreshing to see, um because Koji is a very interesting character because he wasn't meant for the purpose that he was uh that he's currently serving. So he's not like ruggedly handsome or or, or dashing or anything. He's just a dude. Um, plain old average looking dude and yet you've got both Rena and his female master just crawling all over him and he's like help <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
0: uh, yeah, uh, yeah you can know, tell he's like not quite sure what to do about the situation and it's not helping that Rico is kind of like out there making things work for him mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I thought that Derek did a pretty good job of kind of like getting the awkwardness of this character across pretty well and like him not really uh, knowing what to do between uh, the relationship he wants to have and also like, I guess, keeping his master happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought Yeah, I thought that like out of all the side, yeah, I thought that out of like all the side patrons, he still had like the most... Interesting story, and I would definitely like to see more and more that particular one goes.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, okay, and, uh.
1: We move on to the, uh. the hyper one?
0: Yeah, uh. Considerably is is Akiko. Uh, always nice to hear Considerably Boris in things. Um, I guess this must have been like. maybe. Okay, no, this would have been after she so moved to LA. But... Uh, but uh, I guess this was maybe like early in her the L.A. side of her career.
1: Yeah, this was dubbed around twenty thirteen and released twenty fourteen. So, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, because I think like the last thing she did over in like New York was maybe like U.P.O. Five Ds or something.
1: Well, that wasn't uh, this uh... dub wasn't necessarily dubbed in New York. It it was just because I think NYAV has a uh, an L.A. studio, I believe.
0: Uh, so, uh, I got to do what I was saying. This was probably like after Timber Okay. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I thought uh, considerably more did a good job here. Uh, it's a kind of character she's uh, usually very good at playing, very uh, uh, very peppy and energetic, and uh, to did a good job of like, getting that, mm-hmm. uh, bubbly, uh, that bubbly personality across really well, which mm-hmm. made the twist that she's actually a robot uh, a lot more effective.
1: Yeah, got a lot of her uh, K-On! vibes.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, K-on is not a thing I'm particularly familiar with, but uh, yeah. yeah uh, but yeah, I do think that uh, consider is always good at this sort of thing.
1: Or, or maybe some Morgana would you? You would be more familiar with.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean Morgana. Is, I mean, Morgana is a lot sassier, but. Uh, hmm. It's, uh, but, uh, but, yeah I guess it is like somewhere in that whole part roughly
1: mm-hmm. yeah now she really excels at these high energy characters um I forget what her character's name was in in K-On my mind is a sieve these days I can't remember anything but uh, uh <laughs> yeah no it's it was Akiko is a fun character I wish we could learn more about her because apparently she belongs to someone in the school that the two boys go to but um But, yeah.
0: uh, yeah, And we also see that she's probably, like, out of all the robots we encountered in this movie, probably, like, treated the most terribly. So, yeah, Yeah. there's definitely a lot of story there.
1: Yeah. You can tell that when she's at school, how she acts all cold and robotic uh, around the boys like she's meant to. But then as soon as uh, she knows that they have their backs turned, she snickers.
0: Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was a pretty fun performance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Again, kind of wish we could have learned a little more about this character, but again, that applies to a lot of the cast here. Mm-hmm. It's in the extended lore! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have, uh, Stephanie J. Azagi and yeah, this is a very Stephanie J. performance.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's more of a... It's less of your typical Stephanie Shea per- little girl performance, or, or little teenager performance, and more of your Stephanie Shea maternal performance. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Very, very chill, very low-key, very um, big-sisterly, I would have to say. And
0: uh, Yeah, big sister sounds like a good vibe there.
1: Yeah, and she is probably the heart of the movie, because she runs the cafe uh she is just this giant big ball of empathy to any and everyone regardless of whether they're human or robot she'll sit and listen to you she'll talk to you she'll give you advice as long as you don't break her rules and uh and uh talk bad about androids or humans or any of them they are all equal in her house and i really like that stephanie brings a warmth to her to this character and again it's 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 ironic that Nagi has the biggest backstory of them, of all the characters, and yet it's only shown in still images in the in the in, in credits.
0: Ah, uh, yes, uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty wild. We do get like, the, uh, yeah, they do like vaguely hint to her backstory that she was probably like the girl that went missing during like the incident with the Evansmitty, but. You know, confirm it until the end credits.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's funny because... Something you might not know because it's in the extended lore. Nagi lost her arms. Oh. Yes. Her arms are robotic. Oh, wow. Uh, that is
0: a very interesting detail I would absolutely not have noticed.
1: Yeah. Mm. That's why she's helping uh. the, the scientist who you only find out through bits and pieces in the movie... Helping him at the end, so. Ah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought Stephanie did a really good job here, being very uh, sweet, empathetic, and um, and um, uh, I know she uh, definitely had. I thought probably out of like the entire cast, she had to do like the when it came to like bouncing off of all the other characters because like. She, inter- she interacts with the other patrons the most including our leads. Uh, so she has to have like good chemistry with like almost every character in the film, and uh, I thought the something did a really good job with that.
1: So do we move on to our two male leads?
0: uh yeah. um Yeah, I guess we could start with Michael. Uh, I mean, uh, we talk a lot about him as a director, but uh, he's also a really good actor. I think he does a pretty good job, to his acting job in this one.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice to hear him play. <laughs> it's not a, well a, a co lead. He's not the main lead, but um, but yeah, we've heard him in uh, other movies such as uh, Your Name and Summer Wars. And uh he, he is really he really is a talented actor on his very own. So Yeah. And we know that Masaki has such an emotional journey through this film to where he, he gets fed up, he doesn't want to go to the cafe anymore, and and uh they're trying to make him, you know, go and he's like, Nope, I'm not gonna do it. You know, you need to learn how to treat these machines as tools. They are not your friends, yada yada yada. And then his Playbot comes back and makes him cry, and everything's everything's okay at the end, so.
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I do think that, uh, Masaki probably has the most interesting arc in this movie, because, like, in the beginning uh, when, in the beginning he's just kind of bouncing off of Rikou, where, like he's, cu- or, like, he's curious about the cafe, and while he is kind of more like, yeah, these are just robots and Rikou wins, he is still kind of, like, like his curios- he, like he has enough curiosity that he's that way. kind of willing really to like play along with the cafe's rules and not thought that Michael did a pretty good job of, like, getting that curiosity across pretty well. Mm-hmm. Then you can tell that like as they spend more time like in the cafe, he's kind of like, like he kind of like gets a, he kind of like grows a deeper appreciation of like what's going on there, mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell that evolution is kind of like slowly budding in Michael's performance. Uh, but the more that but the more he been time there the more he's like clearly getting frustrated with what's going on in his home life and I thought that Michael did a pretty good job of getting that across too. And then it all kind of kind of uh, culminates in his whole scene of Tex, where like he finally breaks out and kind of like reveals everything that's been going on at home and I thought that Michael did a really good job uh, handling that scene, bouncing off Casey and uh, yeah, it hit pretty hard. Uh, uh yeah I really like my I really like Michael's performance a lot in terms of like dramatic chops. I think it was probably like the strongest performance in the movie and he, he really nailed it Michael Nicholas, is a really great actor and it's really nice whatever he gets to like show that off
1: yep so we are ready to then, head on uh, to our, our our main lead.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, contrasting that with, uh, Yuri, uh, with Yuri Lowenthal, uh, this is a bit more, like, subdued than, uh, what I would usually expect from a Yuri Lowenthal performance. I mean, it's only the first time he's done this sort of thing, but, uh, usually he's either, like, you know, your kind of showing and action lead or, you know, uh, your superhero equivalents, like, you know, your Ben Tans or your Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Or you know he's like the brooding, or out of that, or he's the brooding guy, guy like you know Sasuke. Mm-hmm. So it is that. So it is kind of interesting seeing him play a kind of like quieter, a uh, little more awkward dude.
1: Yeah, just a dude, not really, not a superhero, not a ninja, not anything, just a dude.
0: Yeah, like, yeah It was kind of interesting that. It's going kind to of be a little interesting that he was even casting his film to begin with because, like, he was so in, like, he had, it, like, he was so in anime decent about at the time, but it was also around the time where he was kind of, like, beginning you know, to make a bit more of a name for himself in the Western animation sphere. Right. So it was just kind of like, oh, wow, they actually got Yuri Lowenthal for this. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's continued to pop up in NYV post stuff, so I guess uh him and Michael are good friends.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think he recently... He's still in anime. He recently reprised his role as Barnaby in Tiger and Bunny 2. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 nice hearing Yuri, Yuri play just sort of a dude and not have to... Uh, I, I, not have to ham it up or or um, or act like a joker or anything, so... its I'd yeah. have to say that, in general... This entire cast has been has been just good. They've all been good, yeah. the whole thing, um, and I think that's because you have a cast of fairly well-known actors, uh, helmed by a experienced director in Michael Center Nicholas. And I have no fault with this dub at all. I think, as yeah. a whole, it generally it generally just works, and. Yeah. It, it helps that it doesn't have to... There there aren't any major action sequences to where actors have to amp things up, or there aren't any real... There are some comedic pieces, and there's some emotional pieces, but everyone just sort of works, and it comes together like the gears of a machine.
0: Um, in fact, that's what I would say. It's a well-oiled
1: machine, a machine that is oiled with with, uh, with coffee... <laughs>
0: with I do think his arc in the movie, and while maybe not as strong as Misaki's, was also and it was also pretty interesting because in the beginning of the movie he's honestly pretty unlikable. Mm-hmm. Like he's right. you know, so, uh, so, uh, like he's like clearly a little over controlling of Sammy, and, yeah. so, so, and that whole thing is kind of frustrating. And I thought that. Um, Yuri did a good job of getting that across but as like he spends more time in the cafe and he kind of like sees Akiko sees like the other side of Sammy and more times than the other patrons he kind of you know begins to realize like oh hey like yeah these robots really are able to go to just like we are mm-hmm. and he kind of opens up a bit more and, and is finally kind of like able to uh, confront the whole thing that happened with him and, like, the, and the robot who could play yeah. piano. Like, I could play
1: it. piano again!
0: Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah I appreciate that that wasn't just, like, a very, you know, it wasn't some super dra- dramatized thing with just him being, like, yeah, you know, I think I think I can make my peace with this, and I thought that Yuri did a good job of getting that across. mm mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, on the whole, I did think this was a pretty solid, dub. Um, and Wavy Post always does great work. This is, you know, this is no exception. Uh, really, this really nice, balanced cast of veterans, and, um, uh, they all pretty much, uh, they all pretty much brought their in game for this. It holds up really well.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not going to win any awards, but it's just, it's just a good dub. If anyone would argue that there are no good anime dubs, I mean, like, just watch this, because it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be overacted, it doesn't have to be bombastic, it just has to work, and I believe Time of Eve's dub just works.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. I, uh... And yeah, and on the whole, I I enjoyed going. I do going back to this movie, like mm. I mentioned before, it was a lot more low key than I remembered. But uh, mm. that was kind of nice in its own way. Yeah. It was. I. It was charming. It was funny in places, and it was pretty heartfelt. And yeah, uh, I really enjoyed my time here. Again, I wish, mm. I do, <laughs> I do, do wish it. a lot more of the. I wish more of this existed than it currently does, but. Mm -hmm. No, it is what it is i
1: guess it's one giant prelude leading up to something big that's going to happen and then we never see the big thing happening but it 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 still works um if you want to put on something and just be chill for an hour 40 minutes
0: yeah it's it's a very pleasant Mm -hmm. watch
1: yeah like we don't get to see the uprise of the machines just yet unfortunately so uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I do, uh, yes. I, I, watching this eight years later, after I first did, um, I have to admit, I, I am enjoying the time of Eve, so. And it makes me want a glass uh, like, a cup of coffee.
0: Uh, yes. I also enjoy the, I also enjoy uh, going back to the time of Eve, and I enjoyed my time there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say that more, or last uh wraps us up for this uh mm-hmm. if we would like to watch time of eve uh you can still watch the A version on crunchyroll uh the movie version is sadly no longer available there so uh if mm-hmm. you want to watch that and you want to watch this dub you gotta pony up
1: no yeah um they do still have some copies of the um standard release over at right stuff i believe that's they still have some in stock. The deluxe uh, LE is completely sold out. So.
0: Ah, yeah, that's important. It.
1: Mm-hmm. But even the standard does come with the soundtrack CD, and it has a lot of bonus features, including um, aquatic... Uh, aqu- what was it? Aquatic language or something like that? Uh, which mm. was the sort of precursor to the idea of Tyre of the sort of coffee shop with humans and robots. Uh, and it also has Pale Cocoon, which was a 23-minute OVA that I believe was done by a skeleton crew of a handful of people. And for the time it came out, which was 2005, was at the time one of the most visually spectacular things it ever made. So huh. check that out if you want to buy it, if you want to buy it off right stuff to listen to the dub. I highly recommend it.
0: Ah, uh, same here and uh if you'd like to follow anything that we do we are the Podcast. you can find us on at uh, twitter instagram tumblr is still dead and of course uh we have new episodes going up every friday on youtube spotify podbean etc
1: itunes yeah yep and also, and, uh, we also have a Patreon page if you'd like to help us out there, um, and including here are our patrons from $5 tier. We have Megan's mom and dad, Michelle Travis, Nico Robin with Yawi hands, and Victor May Baroda. And our $10 tier, Anthony Brown, Carly Leistakow, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Julia W., Marissa Linty, and Otaku Anthony. Thank you all so very, very much.
0: Thank you. Hey, and uh, before we go tonight, Hardy, where can the people find
1: you? Uh, you could find me on Twitter, at SpacemanHardy. I, uh, I've i been laying pretty low lately, just retweeting a lot of artwork that I like, and uh, just watching the world fall apart. So. <laughs> but try to keep uh, a positive spin on things. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I just
0: gotta try to yeah. stay positive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As for me, um, you can. As for me, you can find me on the Twitters at Divine where I will uh, also be t- retweeting art occasionally, and usually uh, talking about like anime news, uh, movie news, or like whatever is going on. I guess and you can also find me on another podcast, Podcast away where we usually talk about anime news alongside fellow dumb talk host Andrew. And uh, you can also find me on uh, Aiden uh, writing things occasionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think we're more or less done here. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining me already.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We need to do this again.
0: Uh, yeah, d- uh, yeah, I definitely need to do another episode again sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for joining us tonight, everyone. And until next time, we're talking one. Mm
1: mm-hmm. I hope you've enjoyed the time of Eve.